run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. Um, so if you want to ask a question, then just pop your hand up. Uh, yes, Carrie. Uh, it was just one of the questions about the slate. Um, yeah. I heard some different um, opinions, like some people in the UK said they don't really care for the slate because usually we're on spotlight, so they have all that information, and the Americans usually like the slate. And you said just now that you actually do take on slates, so I just wanted to know, um, yeah, what 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 is usual for you and what do you prefer, and is that true that we don't get because of spotlight? Um, I would always say, unless you're asked not to do a slate, it, it can't hurt to do one. But I think in general, if we were to send out a self-tape request and we want a slate, then we will ask for it. Um, I can't see the harm in recording one if they didn't ask for it. You can just put it at the end um, of the scene because that way, if the casting office don't need it, they don't need to watch it, it's right at the end. But um, what we tend to do is if we, we will ask questions on our slate that are pertinent to the project, like um, where you're based and if there's any languages that you speak, that comes up quite a lot in the projects that we do. And so it's helpful for us to have that information from you in a slate. Um, I'd be surprised if you recorded a slate and someone didn't need it and it was a problem. So maybe it's better to be safe and sorry and just just to tape one. But I would put it last so that it, you know, you can get straight into the self tape. And if you, um, I'm sorry, this is completely new for me because I've never, you know, done the casting thing. I've just I've, I've been doing theater for a long time, so I don't know how this actually works. So um, when you, what what do you put on the slate? You just said I just missed something there. You said that you request a slate and then you have specific things that the person should put it on it. Um, but I also understood that people just do a slate, like a general slate for everybody. Um, do I make a general slate and then if I am considered to be cast for something, do I do an extra slate for you? Is that what I'm understanding? Oh, well, I think, I think some people do have a, a slate recorded that they use, again, if it's just um, generic information. I think there's two people in today's workshop that did a kind of um, a standardized slate at the beginning of their take. In fact, I don't know if Corey or, um, no. I know Corey, you did one, didn't you, where you kind of, yeah. you just did your name and your agent at the beginning. Do you, did you record that um, in addition to the take that you did for the workshop or do you just have that that you can kind of put? I, I just in, always, with, with every self take, I just do that. Corey Peterson narrowed in. You know, but if they haven't asked for anything more, like all the where you based, any languages, how tall are you, you know, uh, you know, are you within or without the M25 or all those kind of questions, and I just do that minimum and then get in minimum. Yeah, yeah, because what what would you usually ask for is um, name, base, height, and agent. Those are the four things that we want to know as standard, and then anything else is project specific that we want to that we want to know. Um, so I think maybe just like kind of like Corey said, the bare minimum would be your name and your agent, just so that we know who you are and where to find you. Because um, like, you know, your height is on your spotlight page. Um, your base, we can find out from your agent, that kind of thing, but it, it can't hurt to, to put that in. I hope that helps. Um, Erica. 
Oh, so yeah, um, I have a question about getting an agent and a representation. Mm -hmm. uh, because sure, I, okay. I've heard that it's better if you get a referral by a casting director instead of just submitting yourself to an agent. Um, I mean, that's pro that probably is um, useful because if the agent and the casting director already have a relationship and then if a casting director were to recommend somebody to an agent, then automatically their their attention would be raised because they're thinking well if a casting director is interested in this person then already that's half the battle of getting them them work so um absolutely yeah it would be beneficial if if that can happen um but i don't think that's the only way to get an agent um because uh, i don't know anyone in the industry and so i think it's going to be hard for me where where do you live erica um norfolk in kingsley in where sorry norfolk in Kingsley, UK. Oh, you're in you're in the UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many there are so many um agents though, in in the UK, and I think especially um just being proactive and just kind of writing to them because you have you have showreel material. I, I watched it, so you've already got um work to demonstrate, which is a really huge advantage. So I think if you were to just kind of be proactive and contact agents and kind of say that you've been um if you haven't done any um official work then say that you've been workshopping and who you've been workshopping with and that should get their attention um initially anyway and the fact that you've got work to demonstrate is really useful um certainly yes if you do have recommendations from a casting director that is very useful but it's not the only way to get oh. representation so yeah i think it's just about being really proactive and just trying to make contact and, and make these um, relationships. And in the meantime, just keep practicing with um, with workshops and networking um, as mm -hmm. well. Because there might be a fellow actor that you meet um, in a workshop or something that could recommend, you know, they happen to know that their agent is taking on new people. So um, just about being, uh, forming relationships. Okay, how do I get um, in contact of, uh, with a uh, casting director? With casting directors? Um, with casting directors or with agents? Uh, casting directors to get a referral. Um, well, they they wouldn't refer you without without meeting you or without. I mean, I think they they would be unlikely to recommend you unless you'd come in for an audition or and you know you'd really made an impression. Um, I think if you wrote to a casting director that you hadn't met and you asked them to recommend you, they 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 wouldn't um, yeah. to be honest. But um, but if you if you wanted to contact them just to introduce yourself and get on their radar um, then the casting directors guild is a really good resource because most uk casting directors are with the guild um, and all of their email addresses are on um, that website so that's a really good resource for for where they all how how to contact everybody basically um, okay. but yeah i think just be careful about writing to CDs that you haven't met and asking to be recommended because I don't think they would have anything to go on to recommend yeah. you. Okay, yeah. thank you. No worries, no worries at all. Uh, Neve. Yeah, um, I was just wondering, you know, the way that in my scene it was sort of, you know, maybe like after the 36 minutes that this is the next part of the scene, do you think that it would be effective to sort of maybe do like a fade to black and then almost like a new scene 
to to get that across you know it's sort of difficult to get these things across so I was wondering would that be a bit too distracting to sort of because I remember watching someone actually and they did a lovely editing thing I forget who it was but um you know do you sort of like when it sort of edits into a new scene or is that more distracting I know I know which I that was um Lauren did that for Jermaine yes, yeah that was lovely. yeah that that worked really well it, but it's not the only thing you can do um it's I don't think you're expected to um necessarily edit your tape like that no not to say that Lauren did anything wrong at all because he didn't it worked really effectively um but sometimes just kind of um pausing and just kind of like taking a beat and then kind of re-entering shows a passage of time in itself so you're not going to be expected to like you know recreate exactly the passing of time I think maybe just pausing and just kind of resetting for a second and then going back into it shows us because I think even um uh Melody at the end she she's had two separate takes but she could have um not that there's anything wrong with that but she could have just carried on maybe just you know change angle and then that would have been enough of a transition to show that we're somewhere else um, yeah with just like a beat in between thank you um yeah so, so don't, don't worry about going down a rabbit hole of complicated edits or anything like that because it's not expected of you okay <laughs> um ashley oh you're on mute ashley <laughs> um <laughs> I feel like we're we're moving maybe back into the room and a little bit more and but I was just wondering with you know like some people have done two takes and everything else and how you feel about that because I love being in the room and then somebody saying try it this way and mm. that's what I'd love to bounce off so should I be offering you know like two takes which are completely contrasting or ones that I've maybe given myself the note of I'm going to try it with a different angle just just for a bit mm. of useful or is that sort of like okay just give us a, an offer and yeah do you know what it's a really good question and I think again it's it's really a matter of opinion and it's also a matter of situation because if it's a fairly straightforward I mean it depends on the role I mean if it was like quite a contained role that wasn't that open to interpretation I would just do it in quite a fairly naturalistic way and be confident with that if there's a character that like your character the one that you did today where there are two different interpretations that you could do with it I don't see the harm in doing two takes because you don't know what they're looking for I actually had a conversation with someone about this this morning who was saying that they were frustrated with the um, lack of feedback that comes with a self-tape because just because you've decided to do it one way doesn't mean that you're incapable of taking feedback and doing it in a different way and I do completely understand that there's frustration with that because you're only given this one chance um and I do I'd, I'd like to think that a casting office when they do have time or when they see the potential but they understand that they haven't quite um got there with their take will write back to the agent and say can that your art can your artist try it this way but because you know that doesn't always happen I think it's a good idea to take yourself in two different ways but I think in order to justify it you need to have quite different um a, a good a good reason to do it in two different ways um I wouldn't do more than two because then I think it shows a bit of a lack of confidence in in what you're doing but 
just like your the scene that you did today is a prime example of it could be done in two very different ways like she could have been completely um clueless with the decision that she made but you know it, but it had no impact but then all the way that you did it which was that she completely knew what she was doing and it was all a manipulative act and it would have been interesting to have seen uh, both of those both of those things I'm definitely going to give um, that to you now as well try the other way <laughs> mix it try up try the other way yeah no exactly because it's quite an i mean the way you did it was more interesting because she has the agenda but it's you don't know what they're looking for you, you without the opportunity to ask the casting director they yeah. could very well have wanted the um somebody to read it at face value so um i don't I don't be scared of doing two takes but i think you kind of need a justifiable interpretation to do that in if that makes sense absolutely thank you yeah no worries um uh melody hi um Hello. yeah I, um i'm currently based in amsterdam and um lucky. even during the pandemic uh i was lucky enough to work consistently in europe but um i'm struggling to get seen by casting directors in the uk maybe it's because of covid i mean i i, I think it is but do you maybe have any advice or recommendations to um yeah to fix it <laughs> to fix that problem uh, um, have you have you um have you found that in the past you've been seen by uk casting directors more and you're suddenly finding that you're not or is that you is that just an ongoing um wish to be seen more in the uk well i think because i have um, I have a UK agent uh, since uh, April, I think, and before that, everything went through Spotlight. But right. I, yeah, I, I find myself. I think it's 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 less, yeah, less less uh, uh, castings coming in or less. Um, I, I think that I mean, I don't know, but I think there's less to. Okay, so the question is. <laughs> um, is it harder now for non-UK based actors to get casting calls? Because I think it's it's more quiet uh, for me for self-taping or uh, I think I have less castings or self-tapes than before, but I don't know if that's mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, because it's it, it it's harder for non-UK actors to to do the do the castings. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean that that would that would make sense if if suddenly you know, if, if projects were happening, we, we have had projects going on that we've been working on during the pandemic, where we were definitely restricted as to the territories that we could consider. And it wasn't just the pandemic, it was Brexit as well that made the, um, the countries that, that we could consider or the regions we could consider were, were limited. Um, but it's not often it's not often that they're ruled out, but then less of a priority. If you can find it in the UK, it's more budget friendly for the production and it's less paperwork for the production. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, did, so did you say that before the pandemic, you found that you were seen more than you are now or before Brexit or? I, I think, I think, I mean, yeah, because I would, I would like to, <laughs> but I, I think I had more possibilities and I, I mean the possibilities were of course less for a UK actor uh, considering I'm Dutch but I think mm -hmm. my chances are they, they became even more they became smaller I think 
Well, do you know, it's interesting that I would have thought that actually it might go the other way for EU residents because the UK are going to find it difficult to um, travel as easily as we as we did before. So British actors suddenly find ourselves, you know, having to have visas and pay withholding tax. Whereas it might actually, I'm, I'm in, actually, no, I won't say that. There's a potential for a project to go where they actually want to prioritise um, European actors um to play uh british characters because it's going to be filming in the eu and they actually want um to utilize actors from from europe but because britain is obviously with everything going on it's a bit more difficult to get people out of britain so you might find that actually there's an upswing towards european actors at some point or actors based in europe but um it's really i think time will tell really and I think people are still kind of transitioning and figuring out what's going on. I mean, I, you're not the only person to say, uh, an actor to say that they're experiencing um, fewer auditions. And I think that might be just indicative of the fact that it's a really uncertain time. It's, it's harder for things to get made now. And whilst there is a lot of production going on, it's the production that can afford to happen. So I don't know. I, I'm, I, think, I think we're going to, I think we're not going to see really know what the impact of everything is until at least the end of the year at the moment yeah. um but yeah like i say you might actually find that the situation is advantageous if you're based in europe and um, considering the amount of um filming that goes on particularly eastern europe and how much easier it is for eu residents to travel than it is for for brits at the moment so um let's see i just need to uh, to get lucky <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's between you and your agents. Again, yeah, just kind of yeah. keep your finger on the pulse and see what's going on. Um, of course. But yeah, yeah well, but you're a really good melody, so I'm sure you'll find yeah. something. That's sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, John, was that a hand up? I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah it was a thumbs up to melody and a hand up. Um, oh, so, right. <laughs> bit of both. Um, just following on from what Melody said, really, um, I just wanted to know what your take was with how strict people are on this being based in M25. Um, obviously, with myself, um, I'm up here in Manchester. I have got a base yeah. down south. My mum lives in Cambridge. Um, but I'm just finding that I, me personally, it's scaring me off applying for things that are London-based because I feel like, you know, obviously... They'll look, see where I am. I'm in Manchester. Oh no, no, we're not, we're not. You know, to me personally, I would put 20 quid, my last 20 quid in my car, and I'd sleep on set the night before we, you know, before we're casting or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, that's fine for me. Um, but obviously, the industry is yeah. not, you know, sort of looking at it that way. I just wanted to know what your take was it was on it really, and if you'd had anything like that, you know, experience with regards to northern-based actors working down south. Interesting. I mean, not really, actually, because if someone, I mean, we're, I, I we kind of tend to treat all of the UK as, as fair game um, until you have to get on a plane. It's kind of like if you, it's your choice as the actor if you want to travel for the edition or not. I think maybe if it's like um, a commercial where you're seeing people at high volume, I can see how that would maybe um, just out of, uh, I don't know because it's a big commitment to come down for like a two-minute audition for a commercial you might find that maybe people yeah. just want to prioritize London-based artists because there are so many actors in London already for a commercials tend to be fairly non-specific don't they but I think if you're going for like mm -hmm. a, a, a a featured role um in a film or television project I, I don't think we would 
at all discriminate people uh, from any part of the UK because ultimately it's up to them to if they want to come for the audition or not. I think obviously people are mindful of wasting people's time and money. Um, and yeah. if we can get what we need from a self-tape, then we would ask for self-tape in the first instance. But what we would usually do is we'd do the first round of casting from a self-tape. And then if we wanted to take it further, then the next step or the recall as it were would be in the room because we wouldn't want to send anybody to set without at least having had a Zoom with them or something. Um, Cause we did mm -hmm. find that when we were casting in the pandemic and we couldn't see people in the room, if we couldn't meet them, we would set up a, a Zoom chat and do all of that. So in theory, where you're based shouldn't really make a difference to the opportunity available. Um, ha has anyone said anything to you to that effect? Have you found that someone has said, oh no, forget John, he's based in Manchester? You know, I think it's more my agent, really. I think they're, I mean, I'm an, obviously a Northern-based agent, um, and I think they would just give me the impression, um, try and stay away from the, the M25 jobs. And I'm like, yeah, but I've got a base in near London. I can go down there anytime. And they're like, yeah, no, but it's, so I think it's more of them that's put it into my head that has actually deterred me from applying for work in London. So, you know, I think I just needed a bit of reassurance to get that mental block going saying, do you know what, I'm going to, if I see something that's interesting and I want to be involved with, I'll apply for it. So. I think, I think you should, because I mean, why should you miss out just because of geography? Um, I think as long mm -hmm. as you, I think it's up to you to be discerning about what you apply for, obviously, because I appreciate that travel and everything is expensive, but I mean, you've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, of course, um, you know. What I think but it's the same as casting like we wouldn't be doing our job properly if we only put the brief out to people proximate to our casting studio because yeah we're shooting ourselves in the foot by doing that um mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I can't, obviously I can't speak for every casting office and it really depends on what the project is actually one thing I am aware of is if it's kids we do try to be mindful of them traveling too far because obviously with children they get all excited and it's like a really big journey and you know if they have to travel from miles and miles and miles away and then they come all the way and then they don't get it you know I think that's the occasion that we might be a bit more um we need to be a bit more sure about if we want them to come in the room or not because you know yeah. but again you've got to give people the opportunity unless that's what they want to do that's part of the industry so yeah, yeah. I, would, I would say we probably put more thought yeah when it's children um, yeah but thanks Thank for your so question good. no worries and yeah do apply john um uh, mariana so i have a couple of questions uh first of all how how do you uh cast like do you just post it on spotlight the casting and uh, then agents just apply on it or do you all got through yourself as well to find actors as well on spotlight we do both so we would um if it's a role that kind of is fairly uh non-specific we would put it out to um on spotlight and we might also revisit roles that we've already cast that are kind of similar and see who impressed in that realm like if it was comedy for example and um, we might look back at who's come in for um, an, an audition and they were quite funny, but they didn't quite get it, but you know, they might be quite good for this. Um, so yeah, we would kind of utilize old experience plus put it out in spotlight. Um, we also use eTalenta as well, if it involves international casting, um, which is really helpful. Or we might 
Um, but so if it's something like that that's not too specific, that's our approach. Um, if it's something more specific, which requires a specific language or a specific ethnicity or a specific something or other, um, then we'd be more likely to obviously we'd put it out in spotlight again. We might email the brief to agents that might represent this type of thing that we're looking for. We'd also look back through old lists and experience to see if there's somebody that has this. Um, or we might, um, again, put it, something that we don't do enough of, which Rose and I are quite keen to do more of when we cast this year, is to utilise social media more, because we haven't really been very active on social media up until this point with our briefs. So I think, um, like before, for Homeland and for another show that we did for Apple, we needed genuine Pashto speakers, and Pashto is very, it's not very widely spoken in the UK. Um, and I think we would certainly, if we had something that specific again, revisit the people that we'd met before um you know we might even put some outreach out into the community see if there's anybody else that could um you know speak pashto and so that's kind of what our approach would be it really depends on like i think the more specific the character the more targeted the approach is is generally how we tend to cast and i think you'll find most casting offices probably do that as well okay um i have a couple of questions so sorry about that um so the second question for me is uh, when you gave me the role to do today like this is my casting type I, I really loved it I enjoyed it um I had the same opinion as you to do it like with a chair and all these like sitting making the table or having a glass of uh, champagne like it can be wine as well I guess just to pretend like I'm real acting but I was told from my agent that I just need to have like a plain background uh, in the middle, you know, and um, just act and look somewhere, you know, and look for the other character in somewhere else, you know, just plain, just they need to see your reactions and they need to see your, your, um, your how you play in your acting and everything, which I think I've gotten the most of my self tapes for other independent movies that I have done. For example, I got a feature film, which is independent, and I'm doing next year, and I did it on the way that you said it. And when I work with the agent, I have to do it on a plain background. So I don't know, how can I tell to the agent that if this casting director wants me to do a second state or like different and state like that, like just simple background? I think I think that's a nice to be struck. I mean, you can do you can do both really because, I mean, just maybe without the the prop of the table and the the glass and everything, just by the very action of being seated and being at some kind of you know, there's something between you and the actor that you're reading against. Already, that creates a sense of um, occasion and a sense of space and a sense of uh, situation. So. I think I would tend to agree with your agent that it's better to play it safe and not do too much. I personally think it's helpful to position yourself in a certain way that lends itself to the situation, but I don't think you need like all of the stuff. You don't need the props, you don't need of it, and actually think a lot of casting directors don't like that either. So I would err on the side of caution and keep it simple. However, if there is an opportunity like, for example, there's a scene that um, I workshop sometimes that what didn't, uh, no one did it in this one, where there's um, a police interrogation 
and it works quite effectively just to have a, a desk there because you're sat at a desk when you're interrogating somebody and I think without it you don't really have anywhere to go you just sat there but with the desk in front of you you can lean forward on it you can refer down to it you can there's things that you can do to make the scene feel more natural so I think just make a decision early on about is there something in this scene that I can use that will help me if there isn't don't worry about it don't use it if there's just something that you can do that just means that you can use it that improves your performance don't be scared to use it and I think um if the if it's, it's just I mean the, the worst that can happen is your agent will look at it and say lose the desk or whatever and then I, I would trust your agent and just you know submit it without the because ultimately they know what you know they have a good relationship with the casting directors but um that's probably a bit of an unhelpful response because it doesn't really give you any certain ideas but I think to a certain point it's up to you to decide what will help you and, and what won't but I think generally keep it simple <laughs> um, that's great then yeah uh, well I do agree with the agents as well because they know yeah. better than what I know but if you just had like just a simple thing <laughs> I don't know if you could make the difference on that um, my next question is uh, I also do stunt acting um, is it the same casting directors in spotlight like do they cast for stunt acting in there or because I don't know who to ask and like, is it the same casting directors or is it different? It's different because it's a specialist area. Um, casting don't tend to get involved in stunts because it's it's a specialist knowledge that not every, I mean, maybe there are some casting directors that do, but I've not worked in a casting office where we've cast stunts because we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what to look for. So it would be a bit unsafe of us to, I think it's, I think there's a member of, I think there'll be like a stunt coordinator hired by production that would then source the stunt actors. So I would find out who the stunt coordinators are in the UK. I think there's a stunt register that they're all signed up to that you could contact. And um, then, then you know, I, from what I understand, it's a very relationship-based industry. And I think it's really about building up contacts and doing work. And But yeah, certainly I'm sure there's platforms that you can, um, oh, there you go, take free agency, Ashley was saying. It's, um, I, did, I did with them, but the thing is, they prepare dancers and uh, you know acrobatics and stuff like this so they didn't took me so check out check out the stunt register mm -hmm. I sound like a demon every time I speak on your camera uh, yeah just um, just see if you can sign up with the stunt register and then I think you can make relationships with the people that can then recommend you for for productions cool um thank you very hi. much no worries no worries at all um, I can just see, as, uh, I mean, that we are over the time. There, there's, there's two hands, Sophie. Um, if, I'm if, happy to answer two more. Yeah, that's if fine. You, if you're nice and quick, can we get them in? Yeah, Thanks. yeah. All right, great. Um, who was next? Was it Carrie? Oh, sorry, Carrie, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, I was just wondering if, because uh, you said that uh, if you, that, people should write casting directors only if you have a workshop, done a workshop with them. So I'm just wondering if could we write you <laughs> and send you, of course. Say, say, can we send you our reel and stuff like that and uh, new stuff and uh, yeah. Absolutely, no, please do. Like I, I don't, yeah, I, I think any um, 
watch up that I do. It's always nice to to hear what you're up to and and what's going on and everything. So yeah, please do drop me an email. It's um, Sophie at KingstonSmithCasting.com is my email. So yeah, it'd be nice to hear from you. Don't don't be afraid to write ever with casting directors. Just don't be annoyed if they don't reply because obviously there's quite a high volume of correspondence coming in to see these quite a lot. But um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll I'll write it in the chat there. Thanks. I'm not good at typing that down. No, 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 don't worry. And uh, Corey, you had a question? Yeah, just a quick one, Sophie. Thanks so much for tonight, by the way. And um, just oh, thank to say, you. Oh, it's great. Really great. Um, uh, just uh, when do you feel that we might be getting in the room together, casting directors and actors, and how much are you looking forward to that? Are you quite happy with the way things are? Do you think that we're going to have a you know this kind of situation where maybe it's the first going to be self-tape and then see somebody? How, how, where do you see it going in the next six months, I guess, is what I'm asking. I think the last thing that you said is probably the most likely situation, which is that um, I know that I know that in-person auditions are definitely still happening at the moment. And I know that there's a lot of people that are going into auditions at the moment, and especially as um, COVID protocol is kind of lessening, then people are going to, to get more people in the room again. Um, particularly with commercials, I think commercial casting will go back to normal fairly soon. Um, I think I anticipate though because there has been a bit of a mass exodus out of London with a lot of um, casting directors and people giving up their studios and, and stuff like that that it might be a bit more normal to expect that um, for TV or drama uh, or sorry a TV or film that self-tapes are more heavily relied upon and then when we get to the stage where it's effectively recall stages or you know that type of um, situation then that will be done in person. Um, so I think it might it will be potentially be a hybrid of how it was before and how it was in lockdown to the point where we get to a happy medium really. Um, but no, don't, don't, don't panic because I'm sure that in-person um, casting will come back, but it might not be as prevalent as it was before simply because I think it's been proved in the industry that people can cast a whole show from self-tapes and still, you know, the world didn't cave in. So um, yeah. Thank but you. I think you know, casting directors like to meet just as much as as um as actors do. So let's see. But we will meet again, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, right. I think that's all we've got time for. But um, I just want to say thank you so much, everyone, because your tapes were fantastic and your energy was fantastic and your ideas were great. And Lauren's got a cute cat. And well done, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Run at it shouting! Do as he says, run at it shouting. Ah.